You're listening to That Park Live Podcast. From attraction deep dives to resort rundowns to cast member chats, they're here to help you live that park life. Here they are now. Beth and Greg. I don't know what the words are there. I'm just really excited about animal stuff we have going on today. Um, Also, uh, I was thinking about this. Um, I'll get to the intros in a second. But um, side note, (laughs) because I just thought of this. It's also somebody posted a thing about like the unspoken uniform for Animal Kingdom. And it's like the, what's the shirt? The Akuna Matata shirt. Akuna Matata shirt, yes. And I'm like. Like, I want to know how much money whoever, like, made that original shirt. Mm. I don't know how much money they've made off of that shirt. Because it seriously is. Like, every dad (laughs) wears that shirt to Animal Kingdom. And I don't understand it. I'm like, there's so many other cool things. But they all have that one shirt. And what is it about that shirt? It's a safe shirt, right? It allows you to show your Disney side in a non-threatening, non-emasculating way. I know the male ego is pretty fragile, uh, yeah, so for sure. uh, Hakuna for sure. Matata works. Hakuna Matata. Um, and Doug wears his. It looks like that, but it's really Haunted Mansion. Ooh. So a lot of people, like, they kind of do a double take, but I'm like, or they just look past him because everyone else and their mom is wearing that shirt. <laughs> so anyway, uh, welcome to that Park Life Podcast, everyone. My name is Beth, and I'm hanging out here with my boy. Greg. Greg. Not to be confused with, oh, Greg. <laughs> no, not quite yet anyway. Not quite yet. Not just quite yet. Um, yeah, we have lots of fun stuff coming up today. We've never had an animal keeper on or anyone that's worked with animals that, um, and y'all know I'm like, I'm obsessed. I'm like, every time a baby's born, I'm like, there was a baby, whatever born. And yeah. I have a lot of most... poop related questions. You do? Yeah. I don't yeah. We'll make it up. Um, so we're excited about that and I'm sure you've done some Disney things of to talk course. about. Let's jump into it. Let, let's start with what might be a controversial topic for some Ooh. people. Please okay, it's really not that controversial, but okay. um, something that maybe have upset it, maybe this upset some people. Um, mm-hmm. The Disneyland Half Marathon weekend registration was last week. Mm. Was it last week? Yeah, Valentine's Day. Disneyland. Disneyland, everybody. So this is the first run Disney weekend in, in quite some time, you know, pre-closure, if you will, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, I had previously said, I can't remember if I said it here or on our Pat Chat, our bonus episodes for Patreon, that I, um, next marathon weekend, which would be January of 2024... I um I committed myself by saying it out loud that I was going to do the full marathon because I have done on my own a bunch of half marathons. I haven't run a, a true race yet, like an actual official race that's a half marathon, but yeah. like, I'm just going to do it. People keep telling me, oh, if you can do a half, you can do a full. And I'm always like, that doesn't make any that sense. Sounds, that sounds like a lot. Right? You're like, yeah, I could do a full take a dump and pee on myself while I'm <laughs> running, but okay. <laughs> it's like saying, oh, that costs $50. Oh, if you can afford 50 you can afford 100 Well, no, my budget's 50 What are you saying? Yeah. So a half marathon is like, that's my budget as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, um, however, I read more about their coast-to-coast medal, and I'm not really into the medals, so to speak. I'm not running for the medal. I just I think it's fun to run around the parks and like on the roadways and stuff around Disney. So once I saw that, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing to be able to get a medal that represents doing runs on two different coasts with the same like Mm -hmm. organization, so to speak. Yeah. So um, the only way to do that is to run the Disneyland half marathon. And Mm -hmm. then this is in 2024. So run the 2024 Disneyland half marathon and 
any race in 2024 at Disney World that's 10 miles or longer. Yeah. So depending Doug's on the sister um, did this a few years back. She okay. did the coast, the coast to coast. Yeah. And has so, the medals to prove it. And you can just kind of, I would be like walking around rubbing it in everyone's <laughs> face. I'd be running with them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wanted, like, I thought like, that's to me, that's a cool concept. I uh, continue to fall more in love, more in love with Disneyland. So like, well, they're like this, I just, and don't forget, we were just there like a month ago, right? So I'm still yeah. on my Disneyland high. So when I was reading up on this, I was like, oh, I got to do this. So I really wanted to sign up for the half marathon. But then I realized if I sign up for the half marathon, the Walt Disney World run Disney weekend is the week before that. I can't do a full marathon and then do a half. I'm sure other people are going to be doing it. And that's cool. Yeah. I just, that's not where I am yeah. right now. Michael does Disney is probably like, come on, Greg, get out of bed. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Go do it. So, um, probably. Mm-hmm. So, uh. I signed up for the Disneyland Half Marathon successfully. I did the okay. same as everyone else. I don't have any special treatment. I'm not in club run Disney or whatever it is. Like I just the normal they do registration. Sign ups this early? Well, I'm grateful for that because it it determines what I'm going to do for the rest of my um, yeah, other training. events for next year. So okay. maybe they just wanted to to get that out of the way. Uh, it sold out, obviously, right? It it was full within I think maybe do like they, an hour and a half. You know, I'm not into the run stuff, but do they always do this that early? Like the registration? Uh, I, to be honest, I don't know. Cause when they had Disneyland runs, I do, wasn't involved. Yeah. So I don't know. This is my first time That's doing a Disneyland one. Okay. okay. So I, I did it and I, I'm going to be going and I'm excited about it. And then I was like, Oh, I got to get a hotel and a flight now. It's so different than here. Yeah. It's like, Oh, the, the freaking cost of the race is enough as it is. And I'm like, Oh, what was I thinking? That, that's like a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, um, you know what I have decided now after talking about all this, mm-hmm. whenever I need to register for something, I'm going to give you my login because okay. <laughs> you're like the king of like getting in and registering for things. It's like, oh, I don't even have to ask Greg. I know he's probably going to get in. He's probably going to get it. So after like our pat chat today, I'm like, you know what, Greg, your luck is just too good. So I'm going to start I mean, getting in on that luck. I guess it depends on how you look at it. I did not get into the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend, the one that just passed, but registration, I think, was in April of last year. That was like and the one it. thing, I feel like, Dude. out of as many years as and, I've um, known you that you haven't like figured out and gotten into. I'm still I'm still mad about it. I was so mad <laughs> that week are. that I ran my own half marathon. So uh, I also don't always think, get into the Moonlight Magic events, which are the Disney Vacation Club exclusive events. Think about how all the events. unlucky people feel. <laughs> Well, just I'm trying to create a little balance here, but I'm okay, happy okay. to try for you, right? Okay, I'm happy well, to do it. So anyway, keep that in the, mind. the point of all this is to say Greg's in a good mood because mm-hmm. he got into the half marathon and I'm really excited to do it. And I hope that you'll follow along in 11 months when, when that weekend rolls around. Hopefully stay tuned, everyone. Yeah, stay tuned. It's a really, <laughs> this is a really good tease for 11 months from now. We'll be like, remember back at episode 205? Okay, anyways. <laughs> Or whatever episode we're on. Yeah, 205. Look at you knowing the episode number. I don't have to well, look it I'm, up. I mean, I'm looking at the trailer. Oh, that's true. We do label it right there. I forgot about that. So uh, uh, in addition to registering for a, a half marathon weekend, and by the way, that's the longest race that weekend is the half. So I, I feel like I'm doing the most I could do other than the mm-hmm. challenge, which is all of the races. But I don't want to die, right? Like yeah. I don't I don't want to fly to another coast just to die. You might be motivated enough to do it once. Once. Okay. But in addition to being able to register, we also went to the Grand Floridian Cafe for brunch again. So you may remember last mm-hmm. week we talked about brunch, got the chicken and waffle, and I knew we were going back, different group of people this time, Okay. Um, different family in town. Last week was Nicole's family. This week was my, part of my family. So um, we went back to the Grand Floridian Cafe. I didn't want to get the same meal. You may remember I talked about the chicken and waffle being excellent, mm-hmm. but a lot of food. I was like, okay, let me yeah. try something else. So I got the other thing I had put on for our poll for our patrons because I had them choose between the chicken and waffle or the quiche. So today, or 
a couple days ago, I got the quiche. And if you're wondering, mm. it's spinach, feta, and roasted tomato baked in a delicate pastry crust. Yum. How big was the pieces? Or was uh, it one piece? I would say that the quiche in the delicate pastry crust, which by the way, mm. if that's not enough to bring you in, I don't know what would be. <laughs> um, what can I compare it to that would make sense? Like Small, like a piece of pie? Smaller like, was it than just a like CD. A... Um, oh, okay, so it was kind of people... small. Yeah, like like a like a larger mug in terms of width, mm, and okay. um, like softball size. I don't know. I'm, I'm apparently bad at comparing. Sounds sizes, a lot so. of womp womp. <laughs> but it was so freaking good. Like yeah. hands down, would get again. It's eleven dollars cheaper than the chicken and waffle. So okay, that's what I was gonna ask. I'm like, well, if price comparison, food wise, since the waffle is so much food, how much? did that yeah. cost so. so this was 15 dollars for this quiche but it's not okay. just the quiche it's more on that in a minute but it was like seriously so 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 good um i could have eaten two of them but it was very good i was mm-hmm. hungry um, you're like where i'm sorry garçon where's the rest of this <laughs> garçon <laughs> um, it came with two big watermelon slices which were like super fresh extra juicy really good tasty uh, flavorful i guess would you say fruit instead of tasty with seeds or without um it was seedless so we, okay. we love a good <laughs> organic watermelon do you put salt on your watermelon is that a thing yeah no i, I can forgot you're not from salt. the south yeah you put no. a little salt on there mm. oh i don't know Chef. there was, a, yes, you need there was enough time. salt in that quiche yeah and sure. um and then a little salad too like a little um maybe arugula i don't know kind of, i don't know Some i don't know roughage if you will yeah Honestly, that was really good. I also got a side of sausage because I didn't know how big this meal was going to be and I needed like protein in my belly now. Yeah. Two links of sausage was $4.50. You better believe you're never going to catch me doing that again. Yeah. Mm -mm. No. No But the portion of the meal, excellent. So I know that we talked about Grand Floridian Cafe. I feel like they, are they a sponsor you might be asking? No, we should be. Could you imagine we're sponsored specifically by the Grand Floridian Cafe? (laughs) Um, Would we have (laughs) t-shirts? I don't know. A big GFC on it. Sponsored by the Grand Floridian Cafe. We have to come up with our own commercial. It'd be so fun. (laughs) Um, So anyway, we just tend to go to that location because they do have good gluten-free options for Nicole. Mm. And I feel like it's like, you know, it's the fancier resort, but it's the least fancy of the meals that are offered there. Plus, it's like a fun place to be, right? Yeah. We got some good merch, too, in the shops there, so we were good. So absolutely would get, again, that, that meal over the chicken and waffle, I think, unless you're planning on splitting the chicken and waffle. So before we bring uh, Kate into the mix here, mm-hmm. don't forget, next week, everybody, mm-hmm. um, we'll be, uh, you won't hear us next week because I'll be on a cruise. I'll be on the Disney Dream from the Miami port to Mexico somewhere. I think it's Cozumel. I don't know. To be honest, it's not about the destination for me. Yeah. Um, Are you going to gonna get your hair braided in beats? Yeah. It's a, a treat for the <laughs> eyes and ears. ears. <laughs> um, when you come back, I'll call you Monica. It'll be great. <laughs> or Michael Scott when he got his one little like <laughs> Yes. Hair. I forgot about that. His little, one little. All inclusive. Sh- he would shake so, it. Yes. Um, I'm in it for the uh, stop at Castaway Key because that's Disney's private island. I haven't been. If you are following, if you've been following us since at least August, late August, early September, I did go on a cruise then, but I I was working. So, you know, didn't get the full guest experience. It was an Alaskan cruise, not really in a warm place. It was. Yeah, that's the thing is my only cruise experience is in the cold. So, Mm -hmm. like, I forgot that I have to plan or pack, like, beach stuff. Now you're going to see what the big deal is about. Are you going to... 
You gonna do any snorkeling? I know they have like special snorkeling. Things have I told for you about my irrational fear of ocean water and lake water and bodies of water? Mm, you couldn't so pay me to get in the water with animals. So you will get in a pool, but not in the ocean. Uh, yeah. But to be fair, hold on, everybody. I've been in the ocean before. I grew up on Long Island, surrounded by ocean. Well, and as you know, really, here... That's not really the good ocean, though. Well, it's still ocean. <laughs> well, it's... you. Who knows what it actually was because it's green. But um, I haven't been in any clear water before yeah. that I'm aware of that I can think of. Is that true? I okay, went to Puerto well, Rico. That water was kind of clear. Oh, don't they have clear water at Castaway? Like, isn't that... I think so. First of all, we have clear water Florida. I've never been there. And it's yeah. not that far from... Not that well, far from where I live. Look, just do me a favor and... Try to get in the clear water. I'll go in. No, I'll go in. I it's just don't great. want to like, I don't want a, a sea animal to touch me. Like, get, no, do not come touch near you. me. Nothing's going to touch you. Just no, calm just, down. I don't even calm want to, like, I don't want to see that it could touch me. Oh, man. I love some clear water. I'm not going to lie. Okay. It's good stuff. Um, So let us know how that goes. Well, yeah. Hoping, hoping you get a little tan while you're there. Tan everywhere, Jan everywhere. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um. (laughs) Um, I'm excited for lots of reasons. One, again, this is my first guest experience on a cruise. I actually get to enjoy and see everything and eat everything at a time that I want to. Yes. And uh, all the ice cream you can get 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Can't wait for them to have to roll me off the ship. Can't (laughs) sleep? Well, mosey on down to the ice cream because it's there. (laughs) Yeah. And it's complimentary room service, too. Like, it's insane. You could just get Mickey Premium bars as room service. I'm like, you know what? Uh, like, you know Chauncey, what? there's five of us more. in this room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, this is just you and Nicole. No, this is no. like you and your mom and your sister, right? Correct. Yeah. The, yeah. the wife is staying, uh, is not coming with. Um, and uh, yeah, excited. Family trip. Bro, family yeah, trip just there. the gals. Just and, the gals. Um, Can't wait. It's a gal pal trip. And uh, yeah. it's a Marvel day at sea. So I'm excited. <laughs> I, I made sure to pack all of my Marvel related t-shirts so I could be a big nerd. You got your with, Marvel uh, Moo Moo. You ready? You're going to wear your Moo Moo? Oh my gosh. I should see if there's a onesie. I have time. <laughs> I, don't joke. I'm going to, I got to write that down. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find something outrageous. I wanted to, like, I've been talking about wearing statement shirts to work, yeah. you know, on our patch hats. I need, yeah. I need a statement Marvel look uh, well, at least really, one day. Of them. I really do like your Spider Man shirt that you I'm got. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring okay. it probably to wear to dinner one night because it's, yeah. you know, not so much that's lounge. Fancy. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. So next week you won't hear from us, but then in two weeks you'll hear, um, you know, Greg goes on a cruise and I'll hopefully we I'll be able to talk about it. Yeah. I'll be uh, running down my experience there. If you have any questions, like if you want me to check out anything, feel free to, to message us and I'll do my best to, to uh, figure that out for you. So you know I, what I, you know, you know what I think we need to do? We need to do a poll before you leave okay. on how many ice cream bars we think that you're going to eat on this cruise. How many? I'll tell you right eat? now, you know how many it's going to be? How many? It's going to be none. And the only reason is, here. <gasps> and this is, I know you're like, look at you. You can't even handle that. So what? the thing is, at the lunch buffet, they have so many good desserts that you can have an unlimited number of that I would rather eat those because I can get a premium bar when I'm here, oh. but I'm not getting those restaurant quality desserts. I think you're underestimating the cruise. I think you're underestimating. Don't, well, I wouldn't I say, I wouldn't say none. No, 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 no. This is going to be different. You. This is going to be different. You. It's I think not, you're gonna break gonna down any. at some point and be like, "F it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a Mickey premium bar just because I want to and I can." I'll bet you ten dollars. <laughs> no <laughs> ten thanks. whole dollars. No, because I don't want anything to be riding on it because I just want you to give into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, if it happens, just give into it. Nothing's. There's I'll no bet. I'll post about it. There's so no bet. But... Okay. All right, we're here with Kate. Kate, welcome. 
Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So yeah. your official role is animal keeper. Is that is that a good way to describe yeah, so, your role? Yeah, I'm part of the animal care team, which is part of the animals um, and science and environment team um, at Animal okay. Kingdom Lodge, the the hotel. First, let's start out. Where did your love for Disney come from? Because I want to talk about where that started and then how you ended up at Disney. Well, I think it's all rooted just in nostalgia and family memories. Um, um, I'm one of three. I'm the youngest. Um, I have two older brothers. And every year around uh, um, Easter, our parents would bring us down. We would make the drive from the Chicagoland suburbs um, in the okay. station wagon or minivan. Um, and we would spend almost about <laughs> two weeks down here. Um, and so it just kind of started with that. We have such um, strong family memories there and the pictures and the, the good stories, the bad stories, um, all yeah. of that. So it just became part of kind of our family culture. And it was something we look forward to um, every spring. And we just, yeah. So I think that's just where it started from. It was just that family time together and just a part of us growing up. Love that. Yeah. And then so you ended up going to school for, like, what was the major you went to school for? How did you end up in zookeeping? Yeah, from um, a very early age. Um, so my brothers, my mom, um, two, uh, my mom and my oldest brother have asthma, and my other brother is allergic to everything. So um, I always desperately wanted a dog, uh, could never have that dog. Um, so to kind of uh, help me uh, cope with that, my mom would take me to the zoos um, around Chicago and up in uh, Milwaukee because it was close. And instead of kind of just uh, taking me around exhibit to exhibit, trying to see everything in the day, she would just pick out like three exhibits. We would just sit in front of it. Um, and she, when I was little, she'd just have me kind of draw pictures of what I was seeing. And then as I got older, she would kind of just give me questions to think about, like, why is that animal doing this? Why do you think it does that? And it kind of just stirred something in me that it's like, these guys are so cool and all these behaviors, what do they mean? Um, and then I realized as I got older that I could be a career. Um, it's not very glamorous and, uh, you know, uh, but it's, it was something that I just kind of had my mindset on when I was probably like in junior high. Um, and okay. so as I got older, I kind of looked for schools and I fell in love with Michigan State University. Um, and I just absolutely, as soon as I stepped on campus, I loved it there and they have a really, um, concentrated focused, uh, zoology program. So I have a bachelor of science degree in zoology and then my concentration was zoo and aquarium science. That's like the sweetest story I think I've ever heard of like about your career and just, I, cause I know like your, I know kind of your family story a little yeah. bit too and I'm like, that is just so sweet. And I'm sure like, oh, I'm sure your mom is so proud. Like, oh, oh yeah. you know. Yes, she, so, um, oh. yeah, she was a science teacher herself, um, okay. uh, and so she kind of had that brain for it like I did, um, and yeah. so yeah, she kind of just fostered that, that desire to, for me to be around animals without us having like the ones I wanted at home. I ended up having like some fish and a hamster. And yeah. stuff like not that. Not quite but, the same, right? No. You can't take a hamster out for a walk, and I not guess. Not like having like a lemur or <laughs> yeah. something yeah, around exactly. your house. So I think, yeah, she played her cards really well, <laughs> you know. And um, so, yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't end up missing the dog because, yeah, we would just go on these um, zoo adventures together. Yeah. So it kind of just instilled that um, curiosity in me. And then it was like, mm. oh, cool, like I can actually do this like with my life. Yeah. So I think it's really cool and wild. See what I did there because we're talking about animals. <laughs> that you got to blend two important pieces of your life, right? So your family memories of Disney 
and what wound up being this blossoming love for animals and keeping care of them and learning about them. And now you do that in Disney World, right? Like the two worlds got to combine and it's based, I I assume it's like a dream scenario for you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was, um, it was just kind of, you know, chance and going through different jobs and that I ended up here. Um, And I absolutely um, love my work life at Disney. Um, I found like a true home, not just with the company and the animals and stuff, but my team as well. Um, We're just, yeah, a super dedicated group of people. Um, All zookeepers are. Um, But yeah, it's just cool to be able to yeah, have the work side be at the place where I also like to go and have fun and have these uh, great memories. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, I'm with you there and I moved here for a reason too, so I get that. But what's your, what's the day to day like? Like what is a typical day in the life of an animal caretaker at Animal Kingdom Lodge? Um, so basically, I think um, sometimes people think it's a lot of like, we cuddle this and we schmoopy that. Um, it's completely different. Don't crush um, like my I dreams said, here, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, um, you know, it's a lot of hard work. Um, it's the dirty work. Um, but it's basically like if you have a pet at home, just take that to the extreme. Um, so it's just their daily husbandry. So their daily care, we clean up after them. That's always part, (laughs) um, you know, pooper scoopers, we get called that, um, a lot, but I just see it as job security. Um, I will always always have a job if there's stuff. They will always poop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we're responsible, um, for giving them their diets in the mornings. Um, we're responsible for doing any sort of training we need to do with them. Um, and we're also responsible for really learning um, their day-to-day behavior, seeing what their baseline behavior is, each individual, mm-hmm. so that we are in tune when we notice that something may be off. off. Um, because working with animals like these, they're very stoic. Uh, most of the animals I work with are hoofstock animals. Um, so they go in a herd, and if they show any kind of sign of weakness, that's no bueno for them. So they're, they're going to hold it in as long as they can. So it's kind of up to us to make sure that we're noticing those little changes. Um, but yeah, it's just taking care of them on a day-to-day basis, making sure they get to participate in their own health care, making sure they've got choices in their life as well. And then also just providing um, an enriching full life for them, making sure they're in the best um, situation as possible. Did you say hoof stock? I like did. That's, a, that's like a, Post, a, a vocab hus- word. Husbandry. Yes. So <laughs> I love ba- basically it's anything with hooves. Um, okay. So it's, you know, your antelope, like so wildebeest, impala. Um, we've got roan antelope, um, things like that. And then we also have giraffe and um, African birds over there. Yeah. So if you want to get really fancy, you could use the word ungulate. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. What is that? Word mean? of the day. That just means hoofed animal. Oh. Ungulate. Yeah. Um, ungulate. I'm going to use that next time I'm on the safari. <laughs> there you go. Like, Scrabble. Uh, when do we get to see the ungulate um, <laughs> around? They're probably like, what? Yeah, very um, fancy. So I have to ask, like, if you have a, like, favorite animal that you work with that you're like, oh, I'm so excited because I like working with these animals today. Um, I used to have kind of favorites, but... Um, I've kind of opened my mind a little bit more as I've advanced in my career. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And I think when you start off, you have this idea like, I'm going to love this animal and this is what I want to do. um, And I don't want to do that um, or I'm not really interested. But um, they've all surprised me. And so I've been learning a lot because I was like, oh, I never thought I could 
get this animal to train to do this. That's really cool. Or yeah, um, especially this... herd animals. Yeah, like herd animals especially are like really interesting when you when you get to like learn about their like how they work. Because yeah, we, I think I think a lot of us are like animals are like pets, like dogs. And I'm like, herd animals are a whole different thing. Oh yeah. They all are. Um, you know, they are all wild animals. Um, we do keep our distance from them. They, you know, they don't want us, um, in their space. I don't want to be in their space most of the time yeah. either. Yeah. Um, they do come to, um, recognize us and, um, they will respond to certain people if they work with them quite often. Um, but okay, it's not, yeah. it's not that like looking for attention kind of thing. It's like, Oh, you're going to give me treats cause we're going to work today kind <laughs> of a deal. Um, yeah. so yeah. And then with the herd animals too, you know, it may be just as simple behavior as getting them to step on a scale. A lot of the animals I work with, um, are prey species. So they have a massive flight drive, um, mm-hmm. where everything is scary. Um, because if you take a minute to slow down, that could that could not go well for them. Um, yeah. So just, you know, it might be something very simple, but it's kind of learning what they're open to, what they're willing to work for. If there's a treat, if there's some sort of reinforcement involved that they're like, okay, I can do this for that. Um, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of building that trust. Like I said, even if it's as simple as them kind of standing on that scary box um, that's in the hallway, something yeah. like that. Even if you build some trust with the animals, do you ever get the impression that some of the animals don't like you? Like they have a beef with you. (laughs) They see you come and they're like, not this chick. (laughs) Oh yeah. And yeah, I've got, you know, it's, it's very funny because that's the other thing I think, um, that I love to tell people is that these guys have so much personality. I mean, you look at them and you're like, okay, they're eating grass or they're chewing, you know, chewing their cud, eating hay. Mm -hmm that's their life, but they each have such crazy personalities and they will definitely, they're not shy when it comes to saying, nope, not you, not today, not doing it. Um, and that's how do they okay. say that? Like, how do they communicate that to you? So if it's an animal that's in a training program, um, they'll just, you know, opt out, which they always have that option. They don't have to, they're not forced to do anything. Um, doors are always open. They can always leave a training session if they so choose or just, yeah, choose not to come into the area that we're doing it. <laughs> so they're just so, like, no, not today. Mm-mm. I'm not available today. And you're like, okay, well, I guess that's over. <laughs> yeah, the giraffe, the giraffe are funny ones because, um, so I work with a lot of ruminants. And so ruminants are the ones that you'll see pull up and chew their cud. Um, so basically they chew their food multiple times. So they'll eat something, it'll come back up and they chew it again to get like the most amount of nutrition out of that little piece of food. Um, Mm -hmm. and the giraffe do like, they'll do that right in the middle of a training session and just look at you and say, I can feed myself. Thanks. Don't need you today. You see what I'm doing here or with the giraffe too. Um, cause they can sleep with their eyes open and they only sleep like in few minute bouts at a time. They'll just, they'll sleep during a session. Like you'll just see, And then they're like, okay, you're not digging me today. Um, But yeah, it's just kind of based on, you know, based on their day, maybe something happened or they're just, you know, it's a really hot day here in the summer. Sometimes they're just not having it. But yeah, they'll definitely um, communicate with you, body language, um, sometimes vocalizations, or sometimes it's just they choose not to come into the space where you would be working with them. Okay. Okay. So Kate, I have to ask. So what you're saying is if I overeat, okay, and I throw (laughs) up a little bit in my mouth and then I eat it again, I'm just as smart as a giraffe is what you're saying. So I'm I'm doing it right. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're just their digestion is just um, a little bit different, obviously, mm, yeah. than ours. Um, so they have multiple chambers in their stomach, but it's um, they're kind of just their method of making sure that they can sustain themselves um, in the wild. They just have to constantly eat, and they can get a oh, max relatable. amount of nutrition out of a little yeah. bit of food. So cool. yeah, so we have um, most of the hoofstock I work with are ruminants, and then we have like the zebra is not. Um, the pigs are not, but most of the other ones are. So now, do you know all of their names? Like all these animals, I'm like, would you be able to like go on the safari and be like, oh, that's Roy and that's Gerald and like <laughs> yes. this is Darlene? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to um, go on the safari with you and be like, yeah. Who's that? So if you have people ask that all the time, they're like, how do you tell them apart? How do you know who's who? Um, and I kind of equate it to almost like a teacher with her classroom, mm, you know, yeah. like first You're glance, with them all like, the time. Oh, there's so many, there's so many kids and how do I know who's who? But yeah, you, you're, you know, I spend 40 hours plus a week with them and um, it's my job to make sure I get really good looks at them to make sure everything looks at least from the outside. Okay. So um, yeah, you just get to know them, know their personalities too. Um, and yeah, so I can tell you who everybody is out there. Yeah. I like the idea that you might be standing around gossiping, like which animals are canoodling with some <laughs> other animals. Like who's got the big crush? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Are we make up? We make zookeepers are like a weird bunch because yeah, we we totally make up stories and um, voices that they, we yeah. think voices. Have. Yeah, and things like that. I like to just shadow you way. so bad, <laughs> like. Can we make this happen? I'm going to yeah. come down there and just want to job shadow you yeah, for zookeeper, a day. Uh, zookeeping is one of those um, professions where when people find out that's what you do, they either are, like, super excited about it and want to know everything, or they kind of give you that, like, oh, okay, you're into that. Like, yeah, I pick a poop. What what of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sure. when I asked you your favorite animal, I was thinking you were going to say something smaller because they have less poop. Like, their poop is yeah. not as much, you know, but... <laughs> I would actually, I actually prefer the bigger poop um, because it's just easier to clean up. That's um, true. That is true. So, too. Yeah. The, the bigger stuff for me. Yeah. In my career, I've done rhinos. I've done elephants. Um, so yeah, I actually just prefer that because usually it's like one spot here or there. Um, the little guys tend to do the walk and poop everywhere. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you for a great sound bite of you saying, <laughs> I prefer the bigger poops. <laughs> I'm going to leave it right there. Poops. No. Totally going to use that on our end of year episode. No. <laughs> now, in your 20 year career, I have to ask, like, what do you think has been the most like fascinating animal that you've worked with? Like, doesn't um, have to be Disney, but just in general. I think um, what kind of led me to Florida um, initially, I, I worked at a smaller zoo um, in southern Indiana for a while. And there was a greater one horned rhino there. Um, and I was very young, very green. Um, I had, uh, worked briefly, um, at the Indianapolis Zoo and I had, I had learned, you know, a good bunch, but I was still like super green. And, uh, this rhino just kind of blew my mind. Um, the trainer that I was working with, um, she was kind of my mentor. She showed me, you know, all he was capable of. And that was stuff that, you know, she just taught him and he picked it up and he just kind of blew my mind. So I got um, very interested in taking care of rhinos from that point on. And yeah. he kind of, kind of kickstarted that like, oh, wow, like 
you can really develop this bond with them and you can tell that he trusts me and you can, you know, if, if I communicate properly and I'm listening to what he's saying, quote unquote, um, yeah. that we can make some really cool things happen. And the best part too is like with that training, um, a lot of people think, well, like, what do you teach him to do? Like headstands? Like what is happening? Um, but it's, no, it's, it's like both. little things. It's, it's more like yes, just it's, move this way. I can get you to yeah. move this way because I want it's you most, to. Yeah. It's mostly for their own um, benefit, for their own health care. We want them to trust us enough that um, they are allowed to participate in their own health care. So like I said, it could be something as easy as stepping on a scale. It could be um, more advanced as letting us trim their hooves or um, draw blood from them or get a voluntary injection or something like that. Um, that way they have some control over what's happening as opposed to yeah. being like surprised by it or something like that. So or that's the coolest part is when it all kind of comes together like that. Like the rhino I mentioned, um, he would get some nasty cracks in his feet over the winter. Um, mm -hmm. And so just by training, um, we were able to get him to soak his own feet, um, wow. basically. Um, and then he would allow us to apply um, a topical to um, his uh, toes once Correct his soak was done. So just being able to do that stuff and the, the animal being okay with that um, is a huge yeah. um, part of what we try to do. And then it also obviously will um, vastly help the um, vet care team if um, they need, if they have a suggestion for us on how to best treat an animal. Wow. Yeah. Fast forward five years, that animal's in a, in a steam room with cucumbers <laughs> over no, his I eyes know. with a little drink yes, with an yeah. umbrella in it. <laughs> Thanks for oh teaching me. So do you guys also get to like partake or are you guys the main people that do all the enrichment for the animals? Like I love seeing all the like fun enrichment things they do with like pumpkins. And so I'm <laughs> curious, like what's your favorite enrichment thing that you guys do? Yeah, we um, have like a good amount of items that are approved. So they go through kind of a process of approval just to make sure it's safe um, for any animal that may come into contact with it. Um, and it's just, it's so much fun. We have so many creative people on our teams, way more creative than me. Um, I'm kind of one of the, the older ones now and all the, the young shiny ones have these like amazing ideas. Um, I'm just kind of a, I just like the, you know, the themed cookies and like the, the molds, um, the ice molds and stuff, because we have some really cool molds and we can make, like I said, we have some crazy creative people out there so we make all sorts of things for holidays or just even you know sometimes it's fun just to make an animal a cake <laughs> on their birthday yeah. i don't um, know what you mean by an ice mold so um basically if you think of like a cake mold or a jello mm. mold or something like that that's a fun shape we'll just fill it um maybe with some snacks but then um just pour water in it so it becomes like oh. a giant ice block um, oh, especially okay. in the summer, a lot of our animals um, dig those because it's just a, a it's a fun way to dogs, pull off. Greg. Yeah. <laughs> like Interesting. Like well, that's why I, that's why I wanted to ask. I was like, oh, that sounds like maybe something I could do with my dog. Although my dog does yeah, not, oh, she doesn't, sure. she doesn't um, like ice. She'd be like, this oh. is too much work. No, yeah. but if there's food in the middle of it, though, right. like a treat of some know. kind. Right. That's now, now we're talking. And did you say yeah, you like then, making? You potentially would be making an animal a cake. Yeah, so we have kind of some special recipes of food items that we can um, ground down to make, uh, you know, a healthy version mm -hmm. of uh, like a birthday cake or a celebratory cake for any reason. Um, so like our older animals, we really like to celebrate just because, um, you know, they're hitting these milestones in their life. So it's kind of fun to do that. Um, or the, the animals that are turning one, that's always like kind of a fun one to do too. So yeah, we kind of just yeah. take their favorite foods and combine them, um, we can kind of make like a batter 
uh, kind of a deal and stack it up and yeah usually you know it ends up being like we get we're so excited about it and they couldn't care less about it yeah yeah <laughs> or, they're like or somebody nice. else another animal comes and uh, steals it <laughs> in the meantime that happens quite often too yeah I'm assuming you get to like see all the babies that come through like yeah that's that's yeah, gonna that's be a, fun it is it very much is um we are a part of a lot of um conservation programs a lot of our animals are in a um, approved breeding program so it's okay. all it's all done uh, intentionally um, yeah. which is great for the genetics of that species so we do a lot of conservation work so when we do have a successful birth that's a huge win for us and then it's also a huge win um, for their population um, too so it's a really proud moment and who doesn't love a baby animal you know oh, and it's so, so cute big or small big or small oh, yeah yeah and it's just it's so much fun to see them grow up and then um, you know kind of become this own little individual and you're like, I remember go off to college. Animal kingdom. College. Yeah. What? yeah. It's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of, um, I don't know. We take a lot of pride in it. And like I said, you know, we, we tend to focus on the bigger picture that it's a small thing, but for their species, it can be a huge, um, a huge thing to help save that species in the wild. Do you know what the, I'm curious if you know this, do you know what the oldest animal at Disney is? I do not um, off the top of my head. Um, I know in our collection, most of our older animals are birds, actually. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Like how old are we live, talking? Birds live for a long um, time. We have some animals, um, some flamingos that are in their 40s currently, and a, oh. um, a couple a couple cranes um, that are up there as well. That's Is insane. that like old, meaning like, you know, is that like an average lifespan for those birds yeah. or like they're just those, like unique? Um, yeah, those particular birds tend to be more long-lived than okay. a lot of the other species. Um, hoofstock species, unfortunately, <laughs> um, they tend to kind of reach life expectancy mid to late teens. It's about mm. typical for them. So um, most of our bird species is just longer lived than that. Imagine yeah. being a bird and just flying around in the air of earth for four decades i don't know why that I sounds know. so wild to me crazy yeah a lot of people are surprised um because they're like they don't look old it's like yeah, yeah. i guess like, well, i guess not i, mean, I don't know <laughs> they're yeah. very youthful well yes. this is, okay so this might be a weird question but like how does how is it handled and like how do you guys know if and like when an animal passes like do you know if like when you have an animal that's getting close to that or like how is that even handled um, obviously we don't see any of that, right? Cause I'm like, sure. Right. Disney's like, uh, we're not going to show any of that. Yes. Um, yeah. So it, you know, it kind of depends on the situation. Um, it is definitely, um, a hard part of this mm -hmm. job. Um, but when you think about it, we're working with so many living things that, you know, it is, we, we call it at work, the circle of life. Yeah. I was going to um, say it's it, the circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't make it any easier, um, but I think we make the best decisions that we can, um, and you know we are the voice for those animals. So when we have a certain passion or um, um, a feeling that some decisions are going to have to be made, um, our management and um, everywhere I've worked has been real receptive to the keepers' opinions because we are the ones kind of on the ground with them. Um, so basically, yeah, it, sometimes it's a decision that we make and sometimes, unfortunately, it's a decision that's made for us in other, um, in other ways. So, yeah, but then, um, over, um, 
in the zoo field, you usually have a pathologist or something or a position like that. And then they'll um, receive that animal and kind of figure out gotcha. if, you know, if there is a question, what has happened? Yeah. Um, and then kind of like, I guess sort of follow up to that, but not really, but like if you have, obviously we know the animals come in um, and they have surgeries and things like that. Are you guys like the team that would be, that would take care of them after those things happen, like getting them back, um, back to normal? Yeah, it kind of depends on the animal um, and the size <laughs> and things like that. So um, some of our animals we are able to take up to the hospital for procedures, um, surgeries, um, MRIs, things like that. Some um, animals are just too big to move. Um, yeah. So the vet team will come to us um, and we'll work within our barn. Um, the smaller animals, if they need kind of just rest or they need um, daily treatments, usually they can bunker um, at the vet hospital. And so okay. the, um, the hospital keepers will get a, a new little buddy to take care of for a while and kind of, you know, we're allowed to come up and visit and things like that. And they okay. kind of keep us in the loop of what's going on. And then um, once they're better, they'll come back to us with any, you know, specific instructions that we can um, manage um, over where we are. Um, with the bigger animals, it's kind of, yes, they're in our care because they, they are where they are. Yeah, yeah they can't <laughs> um, really go anywhere. Yeah. I can't imagine so, trying to get an MRI on like a rhino or, you know, yeah, like any of those animals. Like, that big. Yeah, yeah. With the bigger guys, it is a little more challenging. Um, but we do have spaces within the barn um, that I work in so that we are able to do those things with them. Um, and it kind of takes a village, you know, um, our vet team is amazing. So they'll come over, um, and then, um, me and my team will just help kind of assist with placement and moving an animal. Um, around when they um, need us to we're kind of the muscle um, but you know it's it's very cool because they're very open with what's going on they'll talk to us to kind of see you know to see if they can kind of figure out things based on what we're observing and so we're very involved in the process which is which is awesome and we've learned a lot um, too and we kind of get that really close relationship um, with the vet team which is great and then the techs um, and sometimes the vets themselves will also come down regularly to do that training we talked about because usually that can be one of the scariest parts um, for an animal is they might do a behavior. So say it's a blood draw. I could, you know, practice it a million times and they're fine. But somebody in scrubs that they haven't seen comes in and it's yeah. like, you know. Yeah. So yeah. We, um, we utilize that relationship with them quite a bit so that the animals get more comfortable seeing somebody that they don't see on a day-to-day -day basis. Now between the lot, the lot, like between the lodge and the safari, like in the whatever, mm -hmm. are they not animals that are moved like all between that? Or you have a specific set of animals that are at the lodge and specific set there that are like out at the, that you see at the safari? Yeah. Over at the lodge, we have our own collection of animals. Um, a lot of people do think that the um, safari kind of goes into the lodge. Yeah. They're like feeds into it. Yeah. They're completely separate. Yeah. So, okay, cool. um, Funnily enough, as close as we are, like if you would look at a map, it still takes us about 10 minutes to get to like the vet clinic <laughs> from where we are. So um, yeah, so it's not connected like that. And um, we do have our own collection of animals. We do have um, some hoof stock that the park doesn't have and we have some species that they do have. Um, but we do, we are in a position that if an animal um, needs to move for whatever reason, um, that we can go between the park and the lodge to have a space for them. 
So yeah, so we do every once in a while, depending on what the animal's best interest is, and if we have space, and it'll fit um, kind of the the grouping of animals we have out there, if they'll fit in um, socially with um, those other species that we do go back and forth. How was how was COVID for you guys? Like, what did that look like for y'all? I mean, I feel like it looked probably completely different from the rest of Disney. I mean, you have to like yeah. continue to take care of these animals and work as a team together. So, what was that like for y'all? Um, exactly. It was a lot different. Um, so yes, the hotel was shut down. So that was really, um, kind of a strange thing for us, um, because it was so quiet. Um, and the animals even noticed too, um, at the beginning of it, it, you could tell that they were just like, something's different. Something's What's missing. What's happening in the world yeah. today, Kate? Yeah. <laughs> we're looking well, at you. Why are you wearing a mask? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> Um, I was actually very impressed with our animals. The um, masks and the goggles and things like that didn't seem to phase them as much hmm. as I thought okay. it would. Which I, you know, it's funny because sometimes if I wear a baseball hat, they freak out and they don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. So we were all kind of nervous about how they would um, take us looking a little bit different. But for some reason, masks, not so bad. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we were um, kind of in one of those um, positions, unique positions where we had to work. Um, yeah. We have animals depending on us. That's what's important. We had to make sure that they were staying um, healthy and well taken care of. Um, so basically, we were just split into two teams um, on either half of the week. So there was as minimal um, crossover with people okay. as possible. Um, and we just went to a single shift um, as opposed to we have a few different shifts now. Um, but we just all came in and left at the same time. And, you know, it was as much um, social distancing as we could. People kind of stayed in their own little bubbles at work. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that became your new normal. Um, and I think, yeah, it was, it was even weirder as restrictions slowly got lifted because it was kind of like we had settled into this, you know, yeah, situation. Yeah, now you got to kind of backpedal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, don't and, worry. I'm still picking up poop, everyone. Yeah, I, I still thought it, uh, and it. You know, it was it was interesting to not see half of your team for you know however long that was, and then you're like, oh, you're back, and like, oh, I should. Am I supposed to stand here? Like, where you know? Yeah. So it was it was a learning curve for everybody, but um, I just give you know everybody a lot of credit because it was a you know it was a trying time. It was scary. It was so different than anything we were used to, but um, the animals were remarkably resilient through it all. And, you know, we got, we got a lot of stuff done and, you know, we took care, we took pretty good care of them throughout the whole thing. So we we're, we were pretty proud of that, that, you know, we yeah. made it through. For sure. For sure. And I'm glad that um, you told us before, you always wanted a dog growing up and I know you have Harper, right? Harper's your, Harper your and baby. Winston. Yeah. Harper and Winnie, brother, and sister, Winnie. yellow labs. Yeah. Aww. We rest. Um, um, we rescued them right before the pandemic hit. <laughs> oh, perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect timing then. Yeah. I, love that. I have a Winnie at my house. She's crazy. She's a crazy uh, one. Yeah. He's, um, he's kind of the more laid back one. She's, she's a little nervous, but, um, yeah, they're both excellent dogs. So yes, I got my dogs and I got all the pet hair. So I, you know, I understand <laughs> <laughs> what my well, mom was your... Does your dog smell the animals on you, right? Like when you walk oh. in the door, your dog's like, yes. who you been with? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yes, there's, um, I changed my shoes at work because I'm not bringing that home. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, especially if, uh, you know, um, we've been handling animals or if, you know, I've been into something exceptionally nasty, 
they immediately are like, oh, what is that? What happened there? And I mean, <laughs> they'll go to the, the direct spot and they just, yeah, they're super yeah, curious. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. They probably get to smell all kinds of things that no other dogs in the world oh, get to smell yes, pretty much. So. For sure, yeah. I know, it's, yeah, it's crazy that they know. They just are like, oh, you must have knelt in something today or what did you yeah. do? What is that? Yeah, but yeah, they pick up on everything. And yeah, I think it's like kind of one of their favorite things when I get home to be like, yeah. What is she going to smell like today? You walk in the door and they're like, you've been with an ungulate, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Look at you using the yeah. word. Yeah. Ungulate. Part of, yeah, it's part of your daily vocabulary now. You can there just throw it, it around. You've been doing your husbandry today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you feed your walk, your dog. You're like, yeah, I did all my husbandry tasks today. Uh-huh. It's great. Check that yeah. off. Check that We're off. We're all doing our husbandry yeah. for our animals, everyone. Write that down <laughs> on your resume. <laughs> husbandry for animals. Kate, thank you for joining us yeah, and for, allowing us, you. yeah, allowing us a, a window into the life of someone who takes care of animals at a place we love so much, right mm-hmm. here at, at yeah. Disney. So, um, seriously, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. Let's go back in time for some Disney history that happened this week, but years ago. Brought to you in partnership, as always, with The Mouselets. Make sure you're following them on Instagram, TikTok, or their website. Always producing some fun Disney content and merchandise. It's got a, It's all about the merch. Content and merch. All right. Um, you want to start us out? What, what's your history item? Oh, my history. So I have two dates here because oh. I didn't realize until I was reading through that these two things happened on the same day. So first of all, back in 1999, Disney replaces Robert Iger at the helm of ABC with Steve Bornstein and names Iger the president of Walt Disney International, the business business unit that oversees Disney's international operations, as well as chairman of the ABC group. So I thought that was interesting that that happened on that day, because on the same day in 2020 was when Disney announced that Bob Iger would step down from the role and become executive chairman through 2021. Bob Chapek then was the one who took over as um, chairman of Disney Parks, experience and products, um, and resume the role of CEO. And as we all know, some of us think that that was a conspiracy to (laughs) get through COVID and everything. Anyways, um, so yeah, I just thought that was interesting that that happened on the exact same day, those two big things. And how many years apart? Uh, 99 to 2020. Ooh, wow. Yeah, so a whole person who can drink. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, what you got? Um, I'm going to take us back to the year 1991 and follow me on this journey, if you will, everybody. This week in 1991, the Barely Country Shop, Mm -hmm. which was located in Frontierland, closed. So Barely is spelled B-E-A-R, like, you know, Country Bear. Yeah. So Barely Country Shop in Frontierland closed. It was open from 1985 to 1991. Um, Do you know what it is now? Isn't it barely something else? No, it, oh. it switched. So it sits right next to Pecos Bill. So it's between the Country Bear Jamboree and Pecos Bill. Okay. It reopened in 1991, or at least after Barely Country closed, it then reopened as the Prairie Outpost and Supply. Prairie and I read okay, that yeah. and I was like, no, wait a second. Because, um, you know, I Googled it. So it's got mm-hmm. some photos and, you know, they have like the display case with some baked goods. They sold like a bunch of cookies. They also sold um, a lot of the allergy friendly. It's like... Uh, uh, I forgot the name of it. It's like something with character, food with character. Something was like their okay. line of like either vegan or gluten-free, gotcha. all these allergy, common allergy-free mm-hmm. items. I can't 
Some of the time in the name Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> Those kinds of things, right? So like a lot of prepackaged things. And I was like, wait a second, I haven't seen that in so long. And and I happened to know someone who used to work in, in Frontierland. And I was like, did that place ever open? They were like, no. The Prairie Outpost and Supply Store um, didn't reopen after COVID. Mm. So um, if you're wondering where that place is, it still technically is, is there. there. But that space is, um, at least in the last year or so, I'm assuming it's the same way today, that space is being used by entertainment as a little, let's call it a green room, oh, if you will, for some okay. friends that are hanging out in the area. You may know that the country bears are often up on that balcony yeah. and they need somewhere to regroup themselves to get out from the heat every every couple of 15 minutes. So um, that's that's happening in oh, that space. So I guess they have the, like the curtains pulled and stuff in there and you just can't see in it. You can't. Well, the doors to the uh, uh, shop are closed. You can't like okay, you're just walking okay. by. It's like. It's there that space windows? where you're walking in, like on a uh, like on a porch almost. It looks yeah. like a porch, like that like kind of like porch. scene where there's a couple of chairs there. That's yeah. it. But you just kind of take it for sure. granted, as maybe like you might think it's a part of the attraction or something. It isn't. It just it just doesn't. There's no way to get in there no, from it's the outside. Place. Hmm. The so more a little you history. know. Dun, dun, dun. Of course, I've got a quote for you. But before we get to that, if you like what you heard today, feel free to like and subscribe. Head over to iTunes and leave us a review over there. We greatly appreciate it. And it also helps us become a little more visible in the Disney podcast community. If you if you want to follow along on Instagram, our account is at That Park Life Podcast. Or my personal account is at The Disney Greg. I am at The Real Beth McDonald. You can ask a question over there on our Instagram. If you look at our story highlights, you'll see an Ask Beth and Greg. Or you can go to our website, thatparklifepodcast.com. There's an Ask Beth and Greg option there, as well as some other things like requesting a magic gram or submitting a cast member moment. We did get an Ask Beth and Greg. It was more of an episode request um, about doing a, a gluten-free episode, Ooh. which is so funny because I just found a really good gluten-free and Disney World account. And I was like, oh, I should probably reach out to them. So yeah. thank you, Julia, for submitting your question because now I am now motivated to make sure we do it. Because as you know, my wife is gluten-free and I've been talking to a lot of people who have food allergies and I feel like there's a lot of good stuff out there. I think that's yeah. a lot of good information. If you'd like to support us and get access to our weekly bonus episodes as well as our close friends feature on Instagram, you can do so on our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash thatparklife. Or of course, you can always click the link in our episode notes there. We are often diving deeper into the lives of us mm -hmm. and sometimes sharing what uh, or how Beth likes to just secrets oh my goodness nice long <laughs> secret sometimes it's disney secrets oh sometimes you get the tea man that's all i'm saying sometimes, sometimes you get the tea yeah i feel like there was was i don't know if today was tea but it was maybe like a nice soup or something yeah. i don't know what it was there's always a little um, bit of tea. anyway uh, don't forget our amazon shopping list is listed in our episode description as well if you're ever wondering what it is that we bring to the parks or items i use when i do my running and stuff it doesn't cost you anything extra it's just a link to our store you're able to access the same old Amazon account you have just through our link. Yes, we do get a little something out of that, but it's at no extra cost to you, which is kind of nice for everybody. For All true, right. for true. I do have a quote, and I figured, you know, since we had Kate on today, we were talking animal stuff, I wanted to get a nice little quote from the animated movie Zootopia. Huh. And Ms. Judy Hopps once said a nice, short, sweet, and to the point quote as follows. Quote, Tomorrow's another day. Uh, 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 try anything. <laughs> try anything. Oh my God, Shakira! Th so th I'm so grateful you're here today. I thought we'd only have one guest. 
Oh my God. Kate and Shakira all in one episode. Who knew? It's Gazelle. Get it right. It's okay. Gazelle. All right, everybody. We'll see you in a little bit. Thanks for hanging out while we take a little break so Greg can go on a cruise. That's right. All right. I'll be, Bye, everyone. I'll just be doing my regular life things. Yeah, you know, <laughs> fun times. Bye.